Welcome to IFL Science The Big Questions, the podcast where we invite the experts to explore the biggest mysteries of science. In this episode, IFL Science member Eleanor Higgs is in conversation with Dr. Suzanne Holtz about the very last two northern white rhinos on the planet, and whether or not a species can be brought back from the very brink of extinction. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Susanna Holtz. Um, to start, could you tell me a little bit about your role and your work, please? I'm a researcher in the Leibniz Institute for Zoo and Wildlife Research in Berlin, Germany. And our department's uh, title is Reproduction Management. So we are mostly dealing with reproduction management of endangered species and trying to help them reproduce. My role with the project, I'm, uh, since about 10 years, I'm part of a team that uh, tries to save the northern white rhino from extinction. When we started, there were still quite a few more individuals. Now we are down to only two females, which are not capable of uh, reproduction on their own. So yeah, most people would think if we're down to only two female rhinos left in the world, that unfortunately that would be it for the species but this is what you're trying to change is that right yes that is correct uh, we we still have some hope and this is thanks to my colleagues who have cryopreserved sperm uh, decades ago of uh, males that long time are uh, not on the planet and anymore but the sperm is still cryopreserved in liquid nitrogen and uh, is viable if you thought and can be used for fertilizing oocytes of these last two females and so have this is what you've done, you've collected the egg cells from these females, or is that not a possibility? Um, no, we have, we have actually collected egg cells of these females, and of the older one, unfortunately, we have never created an embryo. But the younger one is one of the best donors in white rhinos we have ever had, so she uh, regularly supplies us with oocytes. We harvest them every three months, oh, wow. approximately and give her to give her some time to recover and uh, and we regularly create embryos of her which are currently also stored in liquid nitrogen and uh, can be further on use for embryo transfers so this is amazing so would you then transfer these embryos you have stored back into this female or is it not not both of these females unfortunately are not capable to carry a pregnancy to term so the younger one uh, Fatu she, uh, has an issue with her uterus. She had some inflammation, or we don't really know what's happened. But uh, in the ultrasound examinations, we see clearly that her endometrium is cystically altered and is not capable to carry pregnancy. While the older one uh, was actually mated by quite heavy bulls, and her um, Achilles tendons are not in good shape, so she she could not carry the extra weight of her pregnancy so we would not, not uh, try to to use her to uh, as a surrogate for yeah embryos. so if you're not going to use the last two that we have left what is the future looking like for those embryos so luckily they have a very closely related uh, sister taxon the southern white rhino and this is also uh, an endangered species actually but there's many more of them still left on the planet and uh, these and southern white rhinos can serve, hopefully, as, as the surrogate mothers. There was even a report of a hybrid 
So we are quite hopeful that it will be, the uterus will be compatible between the two. They are actually listed as subspecies, not as different species. So they should be close enough to, to, to make it work. <laughs> make it work, yes. So with these embryos that you have, this genetic material has come from sort of long deceased male rhinos and sperm that you've collected from them. And I was reading that as well, you were trying to turn skin cells into sort of sperm cells and that sort of thing. Okay, so yes, so one of these approaches to, to have a baby in the near future, which we really hope to achieve, also because uh, most likely you know the white rhinos have their own vocalizational repertoire and they have their own culture and they have they should be last two of a kind. We hope will still teach the next generation of northern white rhinos how to behave as a northern white rhino. Yeah, so we really hope to keep this continuity. Uh, to make this happen, but on the long run, uh, apparently we only have these two, uh, or uh, right now, because we retired the older one that never produced any embryo and of quite advanced age. So we are now only harvesting all sets of the younger one. They actually also mother and daughter. So we do not lose so much genetic information by only focusing on the younger one. So we managed to create, uh, embryos of fur and different bulls that we have in our cryo storage still this uh, genetic diversity will be too limited to creating new population that's sustainable and long run so we have to find another option to include more founder individuals into the gene pool and one of them is uh, has come along with the finding of yamanaka which was actually yeah a prize with the Nobel prize that uh skin cells or any any kind of differentiated cell can be transformed back into the state of pluripotency so induced pluripotent stem cells can be created from from a normal skin cell and this can again one of our collaboration partners from japan uh, katsuhiko ayashi and um, was capable to differentiate uh induced pluripotent stem cells again to create all sites in a petri dish which so we can <laughs> which is incredible yes and this is uh, also possible with sperm so far it has only worked in mice but he has been starting to work with our other cooperation partners from the max zellock center sebastian dieke and viola zivitzer um, on creating induced pluripotent stem cells of good quality of uh, northern white rhinos and they have gone pretty far also in, in terms of developing uh, gametes in the future. We hope it will work soon. So it's very exciting. So there's like cutting edge research in... in Yes, it's actually yeah, quite, quite unique and uh, quite advanced research and uh, yeah. So what does the future look like? So you're planning on implanting these embryos in the future into southern white rhinos? That's the goal? So, yeah, the plan would be to create uh, these, these induced pluripotent steps in the lines of as many founders as, as we have in our storage and to implement, yeah, create embryos from them, probably with uh, natural sperm and artificial oocytes or vice versa, and then to uh, create a new generation of 
not a white rhinos by planting them into the uterus of a satellite rhino surrogate. <laughs> but do you think, I mean, how many realistically could you make? Like, would it be enough to rebuild the population? I, I think so. There was some genetic studies from our uh, collaboration partners from San Diego um, Zoo, who, who, who found actually that the genetic diversity in these uh, labs, in the cell lines we have still from northern white rhinos, is actually at least as big, if not greater, than the genetic diversity that is present currently in the uh, living southern white rhino population. Oh, and wow. the southern white rhinos are actually doing quite well. I went through a huge uh, bottleneck at the beginning of the 19th century, or around the 1900s. Um, they were hunted almost to extinction, and they were actually one of the first conservation projects. Uh, a park was established to protect the last remaining of their kind. And it's estimated that maybe 20 to 50 individuals um, were only left to reproduce and now more than 20,000 remaining southern white rhinos that are currently alive. Story. Yes, a big success story and uh, apparently this, probably not all of these uh, 20 to 50 animals or of these 50 animals uh, contributed to the reproductive success. So it's probably really only 20 founders that led to this huge uh, population increase again. And they have faring quite well. So we are optimistic that if we have at least the same amount of genetic diversity in the northern white rhinos, they will be successful as well. So how soon do you reckon we could expect to hear the pitter-patter of a northern white rhino park on the ground? Is it five years away, ten years away? Next that is really hard to say. We, <laughs> we are very hopeful that in the next few years we will uh, achieve a, a successful pregnancy of a northern white rhino, but this will be with the natural gametes from collecting oocytes and fertilizing them with frozen sperm. Uh, the other approach is is less easy to judge how long it would take because so far it has only been done in mice. Yeah. And now the second species will be northern white rhinos. Uh, so I would esteem that it's another five to 10 years at least to make this approach work, but it's really hard to judge. Also yeah. because I'm not working directly in this field. I'm just, yeah. So do we also have the sort of conservation setup to protect? Obviously the northern and the southern white rhino were hunted so extremely. Like if we had more rhinos on the ground, are we set up to protect them? Have we sort of done the education and the, you know, removing those pressures that cause them to go so close to extinction in the first place. Uh, the the northern white rhinos. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'm not quite convinced about this spent. There's uh, luckily there's enough habitat to bring them back to. That's not the issue. There's enough land uh, available, but they were actually hunted to extinction because of the high demand for rhino horn from Southeast Asia, from China and Vietnam, um, and. Actually, yeah, it was uh, mostly civil wars and uprisings that uh, led to hunting the rhinos to probably sell the horn for buying weapons instead. So if it, it would be crucial to establish political 
stability in the areas where they belong to, which is uh, Sudan and Congo. It's quite, yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult to, to make sure that if we bring them back to their original habitat, that they will be well protected. But I'm quite hopeful also if this, uh, this ambitious approach works, that there will be enough attention internationally to really ensure that this will um, happen. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's such big news as well with all the sort of cutting edge research, like it is sort of front page. If you had a rhino calf, that would be all over yes, the, yes. the news media. And hopefully it would also bring some some wealth or some ecotourism to these places and, and help to protect them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'd love to go and see you. <laughs> and you yes, exactly. Everybody would like to go and see them in the wild again. Yeah. So the two remaining are in Kenya at the moment. So if there was a new one, so if you were to implant an embryo into the southern white rider, that would also be Kenya or? So yes, we agreed that at least the first one has to be born in Kenya and uh, be socialized immediately with their conspecifics or with the last two northern white rhinos. This is the case. Actually, Kenya was never a natural habitat of the northern white rhino. It was just a place, a safe place to bring them back. They actually, these two individuals came back from from Jurokralovesu, it's the Czech Republic, that was the only one ever that bred northern white rhinos in captivity. And they decided at some point to bring four individuals back from uh, Czech Republic to a safe place in Africa. And they chose uh, Kenya because it was a very good choice for, for security reasons. So um, the two females were both born in captivity in the Czech Republic? Yes, exactly. So and now they've been moved back. Yeah, they're first and second generation, so the younger ones, second generation, captive born. Uh, wow. Another white rhino. So this is a huge sort of ongoing project. So you've moved, you know, the two females, harvested all the eggs. You're doing all this genetic research into making this, like, population again. I mean, is it worth it for all this research? Say you build, you know, you could build maybe 20, maybe 100. I mean, what's the ongoing impact? Instead, we, you know, cut our losses to play devil advocate and said, this this is it now, we can't help these species. I think for, for one reason, we as humans are responsible for the loss of the species and we should uh, be responsible also to try to reverse it. And I, I think that uh, these rhinos are in their natural habitat, they play a quite crucial role in the ecosystem. They're landscape ar architects, they're changing the landscape, they're opening up spaces and a lot of other species depend on these open grasslands that they create and uh, follow up on, on them. And I think if you can manage to protect them and bring them back to their wild habitat, we also save, yeah, un unadvertently also a lot of other species. And uh, they also have been uh, proven to be protecting habitats from fire because they open up uh, areas or they, they cut the grass very low. So it's kind of a barrier for, for fire to jump from one patch uh, to next. So they can, yeah, really protect entire habitats. And they also take care of water holes and open water holes, which many other species depend on. 
So I think they have a huge impact and it's worthwhile to bring them back. So by saving the northern white rhino, saving more, much more of the habitat and having more positive impact on other species as well. Yes, yeah, so, so, yeah. so by saving the northern white rhino to bring them back, we're effectively saving the habitat and having much more positive benefit on other species in the area as well. Exactly, yes. I, I believe strongly this will happen. And we, as humans, we depend on, on uh, functioning e ecosystems and we do not often understand all the implications one species has for the rest of the habitat, but for clean water, clean air, and also safety from novel emerging pathogens, we depend on functioning ecosystems and we should protect them if we can. Yes, and like you say, it was our fault your humankind's fault in the first place that this this happened. So we have a responsibility to to bring them back if we can. Yes, exactly. I think we do. <laughs> What's your area of focus? What are you looking into in the next sort of year? What does it look like for you? Yeah. So we yeah, we will continue to harvest uh, all sites. Uh, of Fatu, of the younger of the two last northern red rhinos, and create more animals. And at the same time, we are we are in European zoos um, creating embryos of southern white rhinos, which is for once uh, it also serves the southern white rhino, which is not uh, reproducing well in captivity. And we, yeah, it's also an endangered species, so it's good to, to enhance the the genetic diversity also in the captive population in European zoos. Um, but uh, we also have, yeah, we will first transfer in a southern white rhino embryo to prove that we can successfully uh, conduct the embryo transfer before we touch the northern white rhino embryos. I was saying using the southern white rhinos as a little sort of test to make sure it works with their genetic information before you risk the precious northern White rhino. Yes, yes, kind of. Yeah, but at the same time, we learned something for the southern white rhinos as well. So it, it will serve them uh, as it will serve the northern white rhinos. And could this research and this idea be applied to other species outside of the rhino world? Yes, indeed. There's uh, quite a lot of endangered species in the world, and these technologies that we are developing uh, can be useful for many of them. Of course, it's not the way it should usually go. Um, we should rather prevent animals to reach this uh, stage of extinction or risk of extinction um, than to yeah do these last resort measurements uh, measures to to save them. But uh, for example, there's two also rather, uh, very endangered rhino species on the planet, which is the Sumatran rhino and the Javan rhino. Both of them in Indonesia, and they have dwindled also to populations of um, yeah, 30 to 70 individuals, so way too small to be self-sustainable, and they're quite fragmented and uh, occur in different forests, so it would be crucial for them also to apply these technologies to enhance the populations enough to create viable populations again. And are there people out there, you know, collecting those egg cells and those sperm cells from the remaining population at the moment? Or is that something that you would look to do 
Uh, that's something we are looking to do. We we already examined some Sumatran rhinos in uh, the last year. The last year, uh, but yeah, this is is a very political thing. It, many authorities have to agree to this, but uh, we we are very hopeful we can also apply this to the Sumatran rhino in the near future. Incredible! I think this research is so fascinating. Like a species really, really off brink extinction, but in you know, 10 years, potentially, we could have more northern white rhinos that could be living on our planet again. Yes, we we hope that this will be the case. We are doing our very best to make it happen. Is there anything else that you would like to cover that we haven't talked about? Anything you want to mention? Maybe one thing is that uh, all of this research, of course, has a lot of ethical implications. So we have one uh, ethical researcher from Italy on board, uh, Professor Barbara De Moroni from Padua University, and she's taking care of a lot of emerging ethical aspects. As so, to to answer questions, how how is it uh, rectified to use to maybe compromise the health or disturb and individual animals of the species in order to save their population or their kind, and uh, also. There are emerging criticisms uh, about um, should we use so much money for, which is actually not so much money we're using, uh, to bring back one single species instead of protecting habitats. And uh, our answer to this would be that we're actually using money of the German uh, research ministry, which otherwise would never go into species conservation. So we actually draw new funds to conservation, which would not usually be used for this kind of research. Um, so there's a lot of emerging uh, aspects of on ethics that we are trying to to deal with in advance and to include the public and inform the public uh, well of what we're doing and why we're doing it and that we are thinking through every step and every consequence or risk we're running with the individuals and with the populations. So, yeah, I suppose you can't ask a uh, southern white rhino to consent to be a surrogate for the northern white rhino. They don't know that they're saving their subspecies, do they? So it's kind of, yeah, grey areas to... But I'm yes, happy. exactly. No yes. choice of the two females can't carry that you have left. This is your next best option, isn't it? Yes, exactly. And this is one of the aspects, but we think actually after weighing all the pros and cons that this is a fair option that the Southern white rhino is faring well enough that a uh, few individuals can carry until we have a viable population of northern white rhinos again, carry to term uh, northern white rhinos as well. I was going to ask you, what age does a northern white rhino become able to breed? So if you had, for example, two calves, a male and female, that you were able to have successfully developed, what age would it be potential for those two then to breed? You know, 50 years down the line. So we, uh, for the southern white rhino, the the uh, age they usually give their first uh, birth is five to six years. So um, they have a gestation time of uh, 60 months. So they would probably at the age of three to four start to have their first cycles and uh, start breeding. And for the males, uh, I think it it will be more or less around the same time for five, six years. 
And is that sort of the end goal, isn't it? To have a self-sustaining northern yes. kind of relationship that would... That would Definitely. Happen. We do not want to uh, eternally help them to recreate. We want that to be happy and self-sustaining it out in the wild again without any human interventions needed. Amazing. I think this research is incredible and I can't wait to hear the press release when you announce that you successfully <laughs> bred a northern white rhino. I, I can't wait either. It can, it's science, we don't know. Uh, we, we are dealing with a lot of unknowns and it can uh, take more time than we expect. But I'm quite confident we have now 24 embryos of the northern white rhino female stored in nitrogen at the air. They could be potentially viable for several hundred years in the liquid nitrogen. So we have a lot of time and it takes more years than we expect. I'm quite confident we will succeed in the end. Amazing. I think that's a good place to finish. Dr. Stanley Holtz, thank you so much for speaking with me. Incredible, incredible research. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Big Questions. Head over to iflscience.com for the latest and greatest science headlines. The music in this episode is credited to audioblocks.com. See you next time.